chapter 8, and we'll start reading in verse number 8. I, I, the, uh, the secretary messed up on the bulletin again, so it's not verses 1 through 7, it's verses 8 through 14. Now, also, um, on that day, try to bring somebody with you, because whoever has the most of their color, I don't know what color you wear, purple or black or red or, or uh, what color? Green. I don't know what color you wear, but whoever has the most of their color will have bragging rights all year long, who has the most here that day. I don't know what I wear. I'll be wearing black for Nederland. My girls will be wearing purple for the Indians. They, instru- they, in- they uh, told me that they would be wearing purple, and uh, so I don't know what color you'll wear. Uh-huh. They will have black and gold. Black and gold. <laughs> Have, have churches divided, brothers split. All right, brothers and uh-huh. All right, Romans 13, Romans 13. We, last week, we looked at how we should treat our government. And this week, we're going to look at how we should treat our neighbor. Now, ultimately, when I say I, our neighbor, I'm not talking about the person that lives next to you, but there ought to be a way that you treat the person that lives next to you. But ultimately, looking at how we should treat our neighbors, our people that we live with, Bible says to love our neighbor as thyself. So uh, that neighbor is talking is is a general term, but it's people that live around us, our communities, our our people, not necessarily our next door neighbor. So we've got our Bibles open to Romans chapter thirteen. If you will, just uh, if we can stand, just out of respect, uh, reading God's word in verse number eight, we'll stand and and if you can, if you cannot, I understand. Verse number eight, the Bible says. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false, false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there, if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehend in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Verse 10, love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is fulfilling of the law. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to wake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than we we believe. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in the rioting and the drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and in envy, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. We're going to take these verses. I believe these verses are, and actually in a lot of your Bibles will probably say the the introduction to that, maybe even say love one another or the relationship to our neighbors or how we ought to love other people. But ultimately, these verses are going to talk about that, and that's what we're going to share. I'll share with you a little bit about that today. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. <coughs> Just by way of introduction, let's look at verse number 8. The Bible says, Owe no man anything. Owe no man anything. Now, I've been told my whole life, I've al- or I've always been told, or 
always heard that this verse is talking about money. And you ought to owe no man nothing. You ought not to finance anything. Ought not to uh, owe, owe unless you have to owe. Um, but as I look at this text and doing this study, I believe that we ought to, I, I believe we ought to pay our debts and live within our means. Many people live outside of their means. And, and, uh, but you know what? Honestly, that's ultimately another subject because I don't believe this verse is talking about money. This, the Bible does tell us that we ought to, that our money belongs to God. The Bible says that everything that ever, all the riches belong to Him, all the gold belongs to God, and we ought to do what God wants for us to do with our own money, with the money that God has given us. We ought to do what He wants us to do with that. But I believe this verse is not talking about money. You say why? Because if you look at the verses before it and you look at the verses after it, the Bible does not, the Bible does not interject a, a statement, "Oh, no man, anything." And then that's it. He says nothing more about money. Oh, no man anything. The Bible says, but, but, oh, no man anything, but to love one another. So the only thing that I owe people and you and I are indebted to is love to our neighbors. So number one, how should we treat our neighbors or relationships to our neighbors is we ought to love our neighbors. Because he says, I, I believe according to the context of this scripture, this verse is to mean that we shouldn't, know, we shouldn't owe any man love. We should, we should show them the love of Christ that is in us. We are, we are always, we always owe a debt of love to our neighbors. The neighbor that I speak of <coughs> isn't the one that lives beside you, but ultimately it's the one who lives around us here. We have to show them our love. You say, why? Because I'm indebted to show them the love of Christ. Bible teaches us that Christ came and he died on the cross for our sins, but what caused him to do that? It was the love for the people. We quoted the verse in Sunday school, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world. He loved the world so much. He owed it to us because of his love to die on the cross. He didn't owe me anything, but his love stirred him. His love caused him to pay for my sins. In spite of me, in spite of who I am, in spite of what I've done, in spite of what I need, he loves me. God loves me. Not only that, but we see that, that, that Christ showed his love to us. But is it not that we ought to show our love to other people? Are you a born-again believer? then you ought to show Christ's love to every single person you come across. When you come across somebody, somebody ought to look at you and say, wow, they love me in spite of me. <laughs> huh? They love me instead of, you know, as, as you look at this, the Bible says, love thy neighbor, and we'll get to that verse. So he says, love thy neighbor as thyself. But oh, no man, anything. Love. Love. Look at this. Look at the next verse. So not only he tells us to love our neighbor, but look, look in verse number 9. He says, for this, for what? For this. What is this? What is this that he's talking about? In verse number 8, he says, Oh, no man, anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this, for this, this love has fulfilled the law. And you know, and you know as we look back at Scripture that Christ came to fulfill the law. In Matthew chapter number 5 and verse number 7, Jesus said, Think not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets, but I am not come to destroy, 
but to fulfill. Jesus Christ came to fulfill the law through love. Why did he come to this earth? Why did he come? He was not, he did not owe any man anything. He wanted to show every single person that he loved them. That's why he came. And when he came to this earth, he fulfilled the law. And that law is being fulfilled when you show love. Christ fulfilled the law because of his love. Look at verse number 9. Let's read that. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. You say, what in the world? Look at all those, look at all those commandments he mentions. But I want you to look at this. These verses that are mentioned, or these, these sins that are committed, or are listed here, look at this. Number one, thou shalt not commit adultery. You are not going to commit adultery on somebody that you love. If you love them the way that God has told you to love, you're not going to commit adultery. And then he says, thou shalt not kill. If you love somebody the way that God would love them, you're not going to kill them. Look, and this is, this is Paul explaining to us, if you love God the way you ought to love him, then you're not going to commit adultery. If you love God the way you ought to love him, then you're not going to kill. Not only does he say, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, but then he says, thou shalt not steal. Because if you love somebody, you're not going to steal from them. You don't steal from somebody you love. You don't kill somebody that you love. And you don't, you don't sleep with somebody that you don't commit adultery with somebody that you don't love. Or against somebody that you love. That's what he's saying. See, a lot of our issues would be fixed if we would love right. The issues that I have and the sins that I have are because I don't love right. Not all the time, but a lot of the times. He said, thou shalt not covet. What does that mean? Oh, man, look at that. Man, I wish I had that. Man, look at that guy. Man, I, man mm, I'm envious of him. Man, I wish I had that. But if you loved him the right way, you wouldn't envy him. And this is Paul explaining to us, look, if you love one another, you're not going to commit adultery. If you love one another, you're not going to steal. If you love one another, you're not, going to, you're not going to kill. If you love one another, you're not going to covet. If you love one another, loving the right way will cause us not to do things that we it ought to stop us from not doing the things that we ought to do, we ought not to do. I'm not going to cheat on my wife. You know why? Because I love my wife. I'm not going to kill my wife because I love her. You may fight and you may disagree, but ultimately you love that person. Enough, it stops you. Oh, wait a minute, I can't kill that person because I love them. Wow. They may sleep on the couch a few times, but ultimately love stops you from doing something that you ought not to do. Love should. And as a Christian, love ought to stop you from doing something you ought not do. Bear false witness. Tell lies against each other. I'm not going to tell a lie on my wife because I love her. <clears throat> this is all in the context of this scripture. We need to love one another, but showing, loving someone, the word love is an action word. You know what that means? That means you do. And not just say. 
I love you. I, I love you. I love you. Won't you show me you love me? And this is what Christ is telling us, or Paul is demonstrating to us, is that we need to show our love to Christ, and by doing that, it will stop us from committing sin. Now, ultimately, you're not going to stop committing sin. For uh, you know, you're not going to become sinless. Well, the Bible says, "Thy word, Psalms, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against Thee." Who's Thee? God. There are things, if I put God's word in my heart, it will convict me every time when I say, when I do something I ought not to do. If I know the Bible says it and I do it, it'll convict me. That's why he says to hide it in your heart. Look, and, and here's this too. God's mind hasn't changed about these commandments. They're not old. They're not old school. Uh, they don't matter anymore. They still are intact. They still are in effect. God hasn't changed. The little Bible says, I'm the Lord thy God and I change not God does not change his laws do not change his word does not change it's still the truth but our love for people uh, will stop us or help us to stop us from committing sin so not only do we see in verse number eight verse number nine but look in verse number ten <coughs> he talks about love some more he says love worketh no ill to his neighbor what does that ill mean that ill means evil. So my love is not going to work evil to my neighbors. And who's my neighbor? Everybody in this room. Who's my neighbor? Everybody outside of this room. That's my neighbor. That's my neighbor. And love worketh no ill. So guess what my love will stop me from doing? Is working evil against those that are out there. Well, they made me mad. Bible says love work and no evil my look uh, no ill I can't work I can't work evil towards somebody if I love them Bible says love your enemies love them that hate you love them that despise you that's what he says and so whether you agree with it or not or whether you like it or not hey we're not supposed to work evil towards anybody it doesn't matter it doesn't matter who it is it doesn't matter can you work evil I've seen it done I've seen good Supposed good Christian people destroy churches because they want to work evil towards other people because they don't like them. Work the ill. I, the Bible says love worketh no ill. And so that tells me when someone, all they want to do is cause trouble and all they want to do is cause evil and all they want to cause, do you know what that means? They don't love like they ought to love. It's true. But what fixes it? Love the Lord thy God. Loving your neighbor. Now, if everybody would be honest with me, there are people that are harder to love than some of people. Not everybody's nice and cuddly. Because some people are nice to your face and ugly to you behind their back. But I know this to be true, that if they're talking to me about somebody else, guess what? They're talking to you about somebody else too. One thing to be true about that. Guarantee. Guarantee. Love. Hey, boy, we're, we're in this together. We're a team. Hey, hey, hey you, we all belong to the same family if you're born again. So I, don't want, I should not want to work any evil towards anybody who's in God's family. 
And I shouldn't want to work any evil to anybody. That's not in God's plan, though. Number one, we see that God tells us that we need to love our neighbor. Number two, we need to cast off. Look in verse number 11. <clears throat> Bible says in that and that what's that knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep for now is our salvation nearer than we believe now what is Paul talking about there Paul is talking about the return of Christ look the return of Christ is more is closer now than it's ever been before and guess what in five minutes it'd be closer now than it's ever been before and in ten minutes it'd be closer now than it's ever been before because we are we're getting closer to the return of Christ Paul is telling his, these people, I do believe, according to Paul's writings, that Paul believed that Christ would return in his time. That Paul says, hey, this is, he's talking present tense. He's not talking future tense. He says, our time to awake is now out of the sleep. He said, for our salvation is nearer than we believe. We thought maybe it would, it would come years later, but it is now. Christ is coming now. And we need to cast off the works of darkness. That's what he says. The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Let us cast off the works of darkness. We need to cast off. And the reason it's important for us to cast off the works of darkness is because it is our responsibility. It is our job as a Christian to win those that are lost. And we can't win those that are lost if we live like them and we be like them and we go where they go and, and all, those, all those things that go with that. We can't win the lost <coughs> if we're just like them. We can't. We can't. He says, put it off. Cast it off. Cast it off, the works of darkness. I am different. Look, the, the, the night is past. Think about this for just a second. You go back in their time. They didn't have big fluorescent lights. They didn't have big spotlights that they could work in the middle of the dark. When the nighttime came, they had to shut work off because they couldn't work no more. And Paul is saying the night has come. That means time's over. Time's about to be over. You need to make sure you got things right because time is over. Paul had no idea that we'd still be reading this 1900 years later, but Paul's statement is still true to this day. The night is come. We have no idea when Christ is going to come back, but he could come back today. The night's past. Get to work. As a Christian, I need to cast off the works of darkness. Well, you say, what's the work of darkness? Well, I'm glad you asked. Aren't you? Let's see what the works of darkness are. Verse number 16. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. Verse number uh, 13. Let us walk honestly as in the day. Now he's going to mention some things that are the works of darkness, that are cause you to walk the the, 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 the wrong way. Cause you to do things you ought not to do. Ready? Here he goes. As in the day, not in rioting. What's rioting? That's in indulging in, incef, in incessive feasting. Eating gluttony. Huh? He says that's the work of darkness is gluttony. 
Not only does he say, and then he says, and then he goes on to say, not in rioting and in drunkenness. That's intoxication. Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18, and be not drunk with wine, wear in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So the Bible is telling us we need to put off the works of darkness. What's the work of darkness? Rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering. What's chambering? What is that word? That word means lewd or wicked. There's a certain way a Christian ought to live. There's a certain way a Christian ought to be because you are not of the darkness. You are children of the light. So we need to cast off the works of darkness in the excessive, in, in the rioting, in the drunkenness, in the chambering. <coughs> chambering means like an immodest behavior. Loud, obnoxious. You gotta have the, the attention, maybe. And wantonness. What's wantonness? Wantonness is lasciviousness. It's loose. It's lustful. That's what this is talking about. Put it off. Quit living like the world. <coughs> and then, and then he says, not in strife. What's strife? That's contention. That's contention. That's opposition. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 13 and verse number 10, only by pride cometh contention. The only reason there's contention and the only reason there's strife is because there is pride involved. Well, look, <clears throat> people have a fight. You know why you get mad? Because you disagree on something. I'm right and they are wrong. Look, there's a lot of things that we need to put off. These are some things that Christ mentions or Paul mentions that we need to cast off of us. These are works of darkness. These are works of, of sin. This is what he's saying. This is sin. Being always having to be contentious, always having contention, it's sin. <coughs> and lastly, he says, and envying. That's feeling uneasy at the conditions and the happiness of others. Mm -hmm. Man, look at them. Look how successful they are. Look at how much money they make. Man, I wish I had their money. I wish I had their job. I wish I had their boat. I wish I had their truck. Always envying about somebody. That's sin. <clears throat> you say, Brother Trenton, you're preaching awful hard on sin this morning, I know. Look, it's for us. You, why shouldn't we live that way? Why should we cast it off? Because there are those, there are those who need us to share the gospel. And I can't share the gospel with them if I'm doing exactly what they're doing. I can't. This is why Paul tells us, look, what's a... The Bible, the, Jesus said, the light on a hill. Guess what? It can be seen everywhere. Because it, it shines in darkness. Do you know where we live? In darkness. In John 1, he tells us this, the light of the world is Christ. And the darkness, the Bible says, comprehended it not. It didn't want the light. It didn't want the light to shine. But you and I are that light that shines in this dark world. 
and we may be the only light that this world may ever see. And you can't be a dirty light and shine bright. You can't be a bright light under a bushel. You can't. Your light has to shine bright, and the way to shine bright is to cast off the works of darkness. You have to cast that off. But you say, how do I do that? I have to give it to God and say, God, I don't want to do this no more. I don't want to be this no more. Look, and maybe the verse, maybe the verse didn't even mention your sin. But you know there's sin in your life. You need to get out of your life because it doesn't represent Christ well. Because I need to cast it off because my neighbor depends on me. There is somebody in this world that you and I are supposed to reach. But will we reach them because of our dirty light? Or will we reach them because of our bright light that shines? A dirty light or a dirty lens doesn't shine very bright. Ever seen your car get dim lights because the lens is dirty? And they make this little stuff in a, in a shiny, in a little bottle that you can get. And it shines that headlight up. And it makes it clear again. Some of us need to get that light, get that stuff, and clean the lens so we can shine bright for the Lord. Because we, hey, it, it's not going to shine bright if you have works of darkness going on. Cast off the works of darkness. And then lastly, number two, or number three, we're done, is put on. Put on. If you take something off, you got to put something on. Look in verse number 14. But put ye on what? The Lord Jesus Christ. You want to know what to put on? Well, I don't know what to do when I get rid of this sin. Well, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how you overcome that's how you work through that's how you get past your sin is you putting on jesus christ ephesians chapter 6 verse number 11 through 18 i believe it is is the is the whole the bible says put on the whole armor of god when you take off the works of darkness you need to put it something back on you put something on <coughs> and that's the lord jesus christ Put it on. And the Bible says, and make no provision. Don't make a way. Don't supply the flesh. For the flesh. Look, here it is. I'm, I'm about ready to land this plane. We'll be done. We try to conquer sin by ourselves. We try to overcome things that we need to overcome. But then we'll make a little escape door down there at the bottom. Just in case. Just in case I need it again. And there it is, that provision for the flesh, that supply for the flesh. Look, if it's a work of darkness, get it out of your life. Walk away from it, burn it, get away from it, get rid of it, don't ever go there again. If you know you go to a certain place and you're tempted because you go to that place, stay out of that place. Don't put it in your way. Make no provision for for the flesh because the flesh is weak the bible says the the spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak look i, I i'm 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 prone to fail just like you are i'm prone to mess up just like you are 
And the only reason the only reason we don't or the only reason you don't is you cannot make provision for the flesh. You can't make a supply for the flesh. You can't leave leave it in the cubby hole just in case it uh, may well maybe I'll go back to it. No, no, no. Get rid of it. Put off the works of darkness and get rid of it and put on Jesus Christ. Philippians 4:13. I can. I can do what? Do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. The only way that you and I are ever going to overcome sin and take off and put off and cast off the works of darkness, the only way is by putting on Jesus and having him help us through everything that we go through. Because he's the only one that can strengthen me. Ain't nothing else. Ten steps to whatever, no, that ain't going to help you. This is. This Bible, Jesus Christ. That's the only answer you have. Guess what? And that's the only answer I have. I don't care where you're at, but every person in this room, you have something that you need to cast off. And it may not even be something I talked about. But cast it off and put it on. If you will look in Ephesians chapter 6, the Bible gives instructions about the, the armor of God. Put on the armor of God. And you will notice that in the armor of God, there's something for your breastplate, there's something for your belt, there's something for your thighs, your legs, and your feet, and your, your head. And you've got a, you've got a, a sword, you have a, a weapon to defend yourself with. But you'll notice that there's nothing on the back. You say, why ain't there nothing on the back? Because, because we ain't made for retreat. We're made for fighting. You say, fighting? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the powers of God. Every one of you in this room, you deal with something different than I do. I deal with something different than you do. And that's my flesh. But for me to have power over my flesh and over the darkness is by putting on Jesus Christ. You'll never overcome sin the way you need to until you put on Jesus Christ. Never do it. Let's pray. Dear